Is your family ready for summer break? Is anyone's family ever really ready? Well, today's guest is known as the Organized Mama, and her tips will help you close out the school year and set yourself up for success for the next and manage to get the most out of your summer. Welcome to Cocktails in Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, who needs a little wine to go with her kid's wine, Christy Lingo. Hello, and welcome to the season two finale of Cocktails and Containers. You guys, this is episode number 39, and I am so grateful that you are here with me today to celebrate. I've had listeners in 31 countries around the world, and I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening, whether this is your first or your 39th episode. And I look forward to giving you even more tips to help you organize your family life in future episodes. If this is your first time here at Cocktails and Containers, welcome! My name is Christy Lingo, and I'm a professional organizer and mom productivity coach. I help families come up with simplifying strategies to help them do more of what they love with who they love. I'm also the mom to two boys ages five and seven, and you can check out more of my not-so-glamorous and sometimes even unorganized mom life if you follow me over on Instagram at ChristyLingo, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-L-I-N-G-O. And it's a great place to find out what topics will be coming up on the podcast and let me know if you have any questions for my guests. And now, here's my chat about end-of-the-school-year organizing with Jessica Littman, also known as the Organized Mama. Jessica Littman, Organized Mama, welcome to Cocktails and Containers. Thank you so much for having me. I could think of nobody better to have for our end of season two episode to finish up the school year. Jessica is going to give us all kinds of tips on how to get our families organized from the past school year and set ourselves up for success going into next school year, because that's the last thing we want to be doing over the summer, correct? Oh, so much. Yes. I mean, there's too many other fun things to be doing. And one of those fun things that we could be doing over the summer is enjoying cocktails because we have long days with our children ahead. So exactly, <laughs> Jessica and I have a wonderful cocktail today. She told me she liked vodka, Tito's vodka to be specific. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we, she happens to be a really big fan of watermelon, which was one of the cocktails I found. So we have a vodka watermelon cocktail for you today. And this is a pitcher cocktail. So the recipe I'm going to give you a picture but what I did was I just quartered it yeah. and it made like the perfect amount for one person <laughs> yes which would technically be two servings according to them but apparently I have uh, <laughs> I, I have bigger glasses than they were serving on them so but we're going to take eight cups of chilled watermelon cut up and to add that to a blender along with 11.5 ounces of coconut water four tablespoons of fresh lime juice, and one cup of citrus vodka, or like Jessica likes to use yeah. Tito's, so you could do Tito's vodka, and maybe even like a drop of lemon essential oil if you wanted to do something like yeah. that in there, or just leave it out altogether. Blend that up until it is smooth in the blender, and then, I'm sorry, you leave the vodka out back up a little bit. Just the watermelon, coconut juice, and lime juice go into the blender. And then 
blend that up, then add the vodka after you've finished blending it because you just want to stir that in there. You don't want to blend that. And then pour it into a glass over ice and it is super refreshing and it is literally the perfect summer cocktail. It's watermelon, it's vodka, it's chilled, it's delicious. So Jessica, cheers to you. Cheers. And thank you so much for coming on today. Mm. Thank you. All right, so let's dig into the good stuff. How did you get started as a professional organizer? Great question. So I've always been an organized person. Growing up, just everything has just always been, you know, I've just always been that type of person. My parents never had to pay me to like make my bed in the morning. I just always did. So when I was in college, I actually became a member of NAPO, because the National Association of Professional Organizers. Um, because I'm like, oh, this would be so fun. But my parents were like, that's not like a real job. Like you need a real job. (laughs) So I was like, okay, like that I could just do for fun. And then my real job will be teaching. Well, as I was teaching, I was a special ed teacher. So a lot of my kiddos, we would do home visits and go in and I would like help their parents get their paperwork organized or just kind of like help them set up systems in their home. And then I decided to stop teaching. And when I was home, I started writing my blog. And during that time, I had friends that were like, wait a minute, like you can help me organize. Like, can you do this? Like help me with the, you know, the, their bedroom or with the linen closet. And then it slowly grew into then their parents were asking for help or my parents' friends and kind of grew that way. I love that. And I love the fact of how much it's changed. Like I've been doing this professionally now. It'll be 10 years in September. Wow. And, you know, in those 10 years, it went from when I would tell people I was a professional organizer, they would be like, oh, do you do things in politics? And now it's like, oh, like hoarders or like (laughs) clean sweep or like Marie Kondo. So I love the fact that it's evolved. And in the time that you've been doing it, it went from your parents being like, it's not a real job to your parents being like, wow, you do an amazing job. So that's cool. I love that. So the school year is almost over. Uh, We are actually, so when this episode comes out, most of the schools here in Columbus will be getting out that week, which is nuts to me. It's like three weeks away from right now when we're recording. So there's going to be a ton of stuff that's coming home. So I want to ask you about how you personally deal with, because you've got a couple of kiddos, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. And how you personally deal with the stuff that comes home, or if you have clients that ask you like how to deal with stuff, we're going to cover the supplies that come home, papers, any sort of like outgrown old clothing, and then any sort of else, anything else. So the supplies that come home, what is your suggestion for parents as these things come back home? Okay, my biggest suggestion is to have like kind of like a dumping ground just so they there's an area so it doesn't take over your whole house, right? Like step one, just get some of those like clear bins or like a giant box just so you can dump everything that comes in from the backpack. Just dump it all in one area and then you can sort it later because otherwise it just it really does pile up and like take over your whole house as things come in. Well, and if you've got multiple kids, you've got one backpack here and one backpack there, or you've got one left in the trunk and you can't find it when the next school year starts. So that's a great idea to just have a dumping zone when you come in the house, get it all in there and then Mm -hmm. plan a day to sort through it and determine, you know, is any of this reusable? Like 
my guys are still little. So like the types of stuff that we're sending in are like crayons and, you know, notebooks and things like that. But I'm sure as kids get older, they have to have things like chargers or iPads or things like that. So that's definitely stuff you're going to want to keep and reuse. So kind of make the decisions about that. What about the papers, the dreaded school papers? So so with the papers, like my kids, um, my daughter is in the fours preschool class and my son is in kindergarten. So a lot of the papers that are coming home aren't necessarily something like they want to save. So over the entire school year, we have been collecting all the papers. And then we usually take like a day and go through. They take all the pictures on my phone. I like lay out like just a cardboard, like a white uh, tag board piece of paper. And they take pictures on it in our sunroom. So we get like the natural light to get like a good quality picture. We turn it into a book. We use chapbooks. I've recommended chapbooks or archives to clients. Archives, they send you a box. You just stick all the stuff in and then mail it to them and they send you back a book. And it's the easiest way to deal with the paper situation is like turn it into a book or artwork or something along those lines. And then you don't have all of the clutter. Oh, I think that's perfect. And it's a great idea. I love archive too. And I've been seeing so much about chat books. I need to check them out. And that's perfect because we did get a question from Instagram. Bpingle85 asked, I think I throw away too much. And sometimes I feel like my kids are going to be like, wait, why didn't you save any of my memories from school? She says, I can't deal with the thought of storing it all. Any tips on how to keep a memory without the stuff. So that is perfect Mm -hmm. for what you're suggesting. And I love that you get the kids involved in Mm -hmm. taking the pictures because I think so often moms, we put this on ourselves to do all of these things. And like you said, you got a five and a six year old. I have a seven year old who cleans out the papers from his backpack every week when he comes home. We've just started that routine from when he started kindergarten and he does it himself and determines what he does want to keep and what he doesn't. And then what he does keep, we do that pass through like you're talking through about at the end of the year, rather than letting everything pile up the whole year long. Because that big pile can be very daunting. Trust me, I have seen it <laughs> oh, yeah. in people's houses. And a lot of times it's just easier just to not deal with it. But you have to deal with it eventually. So yeah. I love that tip of getting the kids involved and making a book and then just sort of letting it all go and starting with a clean slate next year. Yes, my kids are so, they're very willing to part with all of the papers because they know they have the book. And they actually look at the book frequently like we have it in our living room we have it on a shelf in our living room and they do look at the books frequently and like if my son so my son is really big into drawing trucks right now well no now it's houses but like he has like a whole book on like how he drew his trucks so when he gets frustrated like drawing a house we go back and look at that and like he can see like oh this is the process instead of going and like searching for all of the papers it just is so much easier in a book that they can pull out look way more frequently than the papers. Well, in that book in the long run, you know, thinking forward, because that's something that I yes. talk to clients about. Like if your mom showed up with all this crap for mm-hmm. you to go through, what would you, what would your reaction be? If you show up with a couple of books, cause you know, I can tell you from my guy now getting a little bit older, like the papers, it's definitely much less memorabilia as they sort of get into those older elementary mm-hmm. grades. But, you know, if it's two or three books or five books or six books, that's take up a lot less space than a whole file folder box full of a bunch of papers with lines on them. So such a good idea. What about 
the outgrown clothes or the backpacks or the shoes? What tips do you have for dealing with all of that stuff? Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the backpacks, I think you really have to like ask yourself, like we use, they use their old backpacks as like their camp backpacks and then their school backpacks we keep for school. And so I really try and like have two sets of backpacks for clients. I really recommend the same. If you have a younger sibling, then like, you know, give the younger sibling the backpack. If it's to the point that it's like beyond repair, we have some local organizations that will take it and will repair you know, like zippers, you know, like, is it worth repairing the zipper or buying a new one for your child? where we have some local organizations that have all of those things on hand, people will donate their time to fix it and then they can repurpose it. So for us in Chicago, there's a couple of places that with the old backpacks and stuff, I do recommend donating them to some of these local organizations just because I've seen, you know, that they do actually go to good use. And I think it makes it so much easier to part with things yes. if you know it's going yeah. to be you know, repurposed and reused versus just like tossing it out. You know, if your kid is, my kids are really into Pokemon right now, but I see an end in sight, thank God. So <laughs> that's good to hear. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, whatever they move into next, if we happen to grab a backpack or a lunchbox or something like that, that is in that realm, at least I know that I could like look for a place and I'm always looking for places to sort of upcycle and reuse versus just pitching them. So that's a, that's a great tip. All right. Shoes and clothes. Shoes and clothes. So, I mean, it depends. I have a lot of clients that have younger siblings. So the this kind of goes into the sibling clothes organization component. I personally am a very big believer in, um, you know, keep saving the important things. And then anything else, there are local donation places that you can donate the old clothes. So at the end of the school year, I mean, honestly, like the day after school is done, this is kind of when we do our, you know, after school, you know, we take the pictures for the books. We go through all the clothes and make sure that, you know, all this, the clothes fit, all the shoes still fit. If things don't fit anymore, since I have a boy and a girl, most of my clothes don't really go down to the next sibling. They usually go to my nephew, but we kind of have like a progression of like where the clothes go and just kind of how to sort through and sift through those things and then save the pieces that are actually like good quality. I know, you know, my sister-in-law will use the stuff that isn't like sometimes, you know, they have like ripped shirts or that kind of thing. We do like there are some local animal shelters that take those things and use those for animal spills and, you know, they clean up and whatever. So for me, I'm all about finding local organizations that we can donate those things to so that they don't go into the landfill. Yeah, that's a great idea. And here in Columbus, the Goodwill Columbus actually has a clothing recycle. So when I oh. take them clothes, either from myself or from my clients, I try to set aside separately anything that has holes or stains or things like mm -hmm. that so that they don't have to sort through it themselves and say, these are these have holes or stains. And then they they literally buy the semi-truck take in and then they get money for that to help run their organization. So, you know, there are places out there that will recycle those clothes. I think the animal shelters, especially for things like old t-shirts and uh, towels, towels and linens and things like that is a perfect example. So yeah, there are places out there. Don't hang on to things yeah. just because you're afraid that they're going to go into the landfill. There are places. And I, 
think too, it's so smart to do it right at the end of the school year. Like mm -hmm. it, I know everyone wants to kind of jump into summer, mm -hmm. but trust me when I tell you, because I did this last year, I waited and I did it before school started and it was so much harder to get the motivation to do it in August than it was if I would have just done it like I did the year before, which was right when the kids got out of school, yes. went through the clothes, went through the papers, had my whole summer to have fun because those last couple waning days in August, you want to spend those outside doing fun mm -hmm. stuff and exactly. not going through clothes that are two sizes too small. Like you don't want to do that. So, and speaking of how quickly sort of summer goes around, you know, we have kids that go from these regimented schedules of getting up and getting ready and going to school and to, they don't have any schedule. Maybe they're sleeping mm -hmm. in a little bit. Maybe we're a little more lax. And then also we hear the words we're bored a lot yep. more because they've had constant stimulation yep. from school. So there is that balance though. Like you want to have some schedule to keep a routine, but you also don't want to sort of over schedule them because you want them to relax and enjoy being a kid. Mm -hmm. What are some scheduling tips that you have for parents over the summer? So I love this. So like Four years ago, I think I wrote an entire blog post on our summer schedule. Like my kids didn't have camp. They were both with me all summer. And what we did was we gave each day like a designated theme. Okay. So like Monday was like outdoors. Tuesday was art. Wednesday was music. Thursday was field trip or outing, I think. And Friday was like water play. And so regardless of what we did, there was always something, you know, like if it was like an outing, even if it was just like going to the library or going to a park, like that was a way to keep structure in our schedule, but not be so rigid with it. Like we could have gone to the beach or to a park or to the library or even just run an errand. And that would have counted as an outing because it made us like actually get out of the house that day. So for older kids, it could be like building day. And so you can work on, you know, creating some sort of crazy thing outside, or if it's raining, then work with Legos, or just kind of give the day a theme. And then it makes it a little more interesting. You create that structure, but it's still like very flexible in what you do. It's unstructured structure. Yes, that's, yes. <laughs> if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yes, I love that idea. And if you want to send me the link to that blog yeah. post, I will totally link to that in our show notes because I think that that would be something that would be great for people to see so that they can get an idea of what you sort of planned out for your family. And I, I just love that idea. And my kids are getting a little older. This is actually the first year they'll be going to camps. And we sort of had a similar thing. We didn't do it every single day, but we had certain days of the week, like this is our pool day yeah. and this is our, you know, mommy stays home this day. So this is the day that we do any sort of outing. But I think that if you can plan, but give it a little bit of flexibility, then you're going to keep them on a schedule, which kids need. Like, I cannot say that enough. Kids need structure and routine. And that's where they're going to learn it is if you do it now. And, but give them the flexibility of water play means going to the pool or going to the beach or playing in the hose in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Like it can exactly. mean any of those sorts of things. So I really love that. So if you were to give your number one tip for something somebody must do to set themselves up for success going into the next school year, what would that be? Honestly, it would be creating a summer bucket list and making sure you do all of those things before the school year starts. 
because you're then one, you're just really enjoying your time and you're not fixated on everything else. But you're also you aren't going to feel like when the school year comes, you're not going to feel that internal like, oh, I wish we would have done this or this. You got everything accomplished. People do really well with checklists. So creating that bucket list just really will help you. It'll help also with like the end of summer kind of coming to a close. Okay, this is our last thing. And so you just kind of feel that closure over summer where I feel like a lot of people, they try and cram so much in towards the end of the end of the summer to be like, oh, we did all these things. But if you make a list over the entire course of the summer, then you kind of get that closure and you're ready to move on to the school year rather than rushing and feeling like you have to do all of these other things. I love that. Like my theme for the year this year is more intentional family time. Yes. Well, one of my themes for the year. And I actually have this life balance bucket list is what I call it, that I print out for the family each month where we each choose an activity and then schedule that activity so that everybody sort of gets their own input and we have it on the schedule. So we know that there's at least four things every month that we're doing as a family that we each choose so we respect each other's choices. But but it's also stuff that's fun because I, like you said, I am that person that if it's not on the schedule or I don't have a list of it, I, it, it gets pushed to the back of my brain because I have a thousand other balls up in the air. So that is a perfect example of something that you should be doing this summer to make sure that you get all of that intentional family time in and that you don't feel like at the end of summer you haven't done all those things like, yeah. oh my gosh, we have two weeks left and there was so much I wanted to do and so many places I wanted to go and things I needed to do. Do it now, write it down, get it on a schedule, and then you won't feel as, um, you will be very happy with what you did get yeah. done versus sort of wishing that you would have done more. I love that so much. Yeah. So one more question from Instagram. Meg O. Kearns says, I have a rising kindergartner with two smaller kids behind. How can I best set myself up for success from the start? Ooh, wow. That's a loaded question right there. Um, <laughs> okay, how can you set yourself up from the start? Okay, one morning routine. Create some sort of morning routine and start it like now. Or like that's your goal over the summer is you're just going to, you know, so you have to make your bed, you have to get dressed, you have to brush your teeth, uh, eat your breakfast. And honestly, for like a kid, a kindergartner can handle like five things if they're broken down, like really basic tasks. Also a bedtime routine, you know, first we're going to do this, then this, then this. I think by doing those things that will totally set up your kindergartner and your younger kids just to see like, okay, in the morning I have to do all of this before I can do this other thing. I also use a visual timer. I use those with my kids. I've recommended those to clients, but by setting those routines, then you are really able to set them up for success during the school year. And then gradually as the year goes on, give them more and more responsibility, like especially like tasks around the house, like, setting the dinner table, cleaning up your toys at the end of the night, putting away your laundry, and gradually increasing their responsibility that will help them feel like a part of the family too. They are responsible for a lot of the things around the house. And so they will take, they will be invested in, you know, maintaining their room and keeping their space looking tidy and that kind of stuff. 
Oh, I love that. That is such great advice because I was the girl with the kid. Now, granted, this was in preschool, but I was playing catch up with those ideas. And mm-hmm. this is the first year I feel like we've really nailed our morning and bedtime routines. And it's a goal of mine to sort of keep that going as much as we can through the summer because it's it really is, it helps you sort of end the day on a happier note and it helps you get out the door because God love them, those kids do not want to get going in the morning and getting out the door is can be so stressful. So I think that that is really, really great advice. And Meg O'Kearns, I would recommend making sure you have places to put the things like papers and mm-hmm. clothing during the school year so you don't have to play catch up at the end of the year. So get yourself a file box with some folders and get a box to put in their room for the clothing that they put on in the morning and they can't wear. And that'll just help to set you up for success because Mm -hmm. school year gets so busy and next thing you know, it'll be the end of the year and you will not know where the time went. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Jessica, thank you so much for giving all these great tips today. Can you tell us where we can find you? Yes, on all social media, I'm Organized Mamas, M-A-M-A-S. On my blog, it's www.theorganizedmama.com. And yeah, I'm pretty much anywhere under Organized Mamas. And if you are in the Chicago area and you want to get in touch with Jessica and have her come and set you straight with her real job as a professional organizer, (laughs) you can find her on that website, Jessica... Thank you so much for joining me on this season two Cocktails and Containers finale. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. This is wonderful. Did you catch all those great tips? If not, never fear. I'm going to give you a quick recap of Jessica's tips to get you organized for the end of the school year and set you up for success next year. First, create some sort of dump bin so you can empty out bags as they come in on the last day of school. That way, all the stuff to sort through is corralled into one place. When it comes to papers, Jessica recommends paring down as the year goes by so what remains are only the favorites. Then take pictures of those favorites so you can ditch the actual artwork. Jessica creates books of pictures of her kids' artwork and she even involves her young kids in taking the pictures and creating those books. When it comes to outgrown clothes and backpacks, just after school gets out, double check what your kids will still use and what will fit them. Jessica does this on the first day of summer vacation and trust me, you will be so glad you did it early when you want to spend those last days of summer doing fun stuff instead of going through old clothes. Donate any backpacks or outgrown clothing or shoes so your closet and dressers contain only what will actually be worn and used. This will also make it easier to inventory when you need to go school shopping in the fall. For her summer schedule with her kids, Jessica recommends choosing a simple blanket theme for a day like water play or outing. This gives you a little bit of structure without being too rigid. For instance, water play could mean going to the pool or just playing in the hose in the backyard. And if you want to see Jessica's blog post about her summer schedule, you can find the link to it in the show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. You can also find today's cocktail recipe and links to past episodes there. 
Both Jessica and I agree that it is important to keep some sort of structure and schedule in your kids' summer routine because it will make it so much easier to transition back to school in the fall. Jessica also recommends setting up a summer bucket list so you can keep track of all those things you want to do as a family. You will be so glad that you have a list and those activities scheduled rather than trying to pack it all in during those last weeks of summer break. And who doesn't love crossing things off a list? If you would like a copy of the Life Balance Bucket List Worksheet that I've created, you can pick up a copy by visiting balance.simplesolutionsorganizing.com and I'll also have a link to that in the show notes. And for those of you with kids just starting out school next fall, be sure to start working on your morning routine now. Trust us, you will need a morning routine and you will be so glad that you have one in place. I fought it for three years and I'm glad I have one now. You'll also want to make sure you have some sort of collection point for things like papers and outgrown clothes just to make it easier to keep up during the school year. Thank you again for all of your support over the past two seasons of Cocktails and Containers. And I will be back on June 4th with a special two-part episode featuring my friend Donna, who is an expert at all things planning family activities. Until then, may all of your things be tidy and may all of your cocktails be strong. Cheers! 